This episode of the Here's My Thing podcast contains cuss words that are not bleeped out. I feel like I've hooked up with every single person that I've seen in this apartment building. In the order of clarity, by hookup, I really mean that I feel that I have fucked every single person that I've seen in this apartment building. I actually think I've gotten fucked. And of course, consensual with protection, I feel like I've had sex with every single person that I've seen in this apartment building. I've seen three people. And we actually, we haven't had sex, it just feels like that. It feels like we've had sex, but no one wants to talk about it and no one's going to bring it up. Every interaction's been awkward. Eyes meeting for a split second and straight down they go, after which a loss of social cues. We say hi at the same time, and then knowing that we messed up in synchrony, letting out a gasp of admittedly uncomfortable breath, an exhale. But it's not a relieving exhale, it's an exhale that dribbles off the tongue. I feel like I fucked the 415-pound man on the rooftop. I don't think we actually fucked on the rooftop, but I only see him on the rooftop. He wears the exact same outfit every single time. It's a short-sleeved white tee underneath a short-sleeved black tee. Tennis shorts, and the only reason I say tennis is because the pockets, they seem to have a depth of eight inches. Now, factoring in circumference of a tennis ball, I figured he could easily fit two in there and with ample space for him to grab one if needed. He wears flip-flops, flip-flops that a dad wears when he goes to the beach or takes the sheet off a Weber grill. With him and I, it feels like we were hooking up for a little bit, maybe two months, and then one of us said something unspeakable to the other, immediately regretted it, but it was too late. We could have had something really special, and we both feel this, but we also know there's no going back. Because of this, we rarely face each other, and the only time our eyes lock in passing. I feel like I made love to the girl with hair similar to that of Michael Sarah. Not much effort put into it, but it works. I saw her in the laundry room. Aside from her neck and face, the only portions of her exposed skin were on her forearms, in which she covered with a mix of flash tattoos and a couple Tumblr classics. The total net worth of the ink seemed anywhere between seven and eight hundred dollars, and considering the sheer surface area covered, I figured she either had a friend at the shop or fell victim to the buy one, get three free deal. She wore olive green overalls, which played partner with a skin-tight, 100% cotton and charcoal gray t-shirt. The all-white Air Force One's probably giving her a couple inches. She stood maybe five foot three. At least I thought they were all-white Air Force Ones. Now more of an off-white, maybe even a light brown, beaten up, creased and crackled. She didn't care about the sneakerhead culture. She just wanted to get from point A to point B in the most efficient and fly way as possible. I think we matched on Tinder. And what was originally anticipated to be a summer fling turned into a nearly key handing over, oh shit, we're in deep, type of relationship. If UNICEF hadn't called, we would have been renting an overpriced flat in the Pearl at $1,900 a month. Once her two-year contract was up, she came back from her work abroad. We decided to meet over coffee, but right away it was clear that the spark once curated from a single swipe, no longer there. It wasn't the same. 
I feel like I got fucked by the guy who got locked out of the building with the chin-strap beard and pencil-thin mustache. His facial hair said, Thanks, bro. But what he actually said was, Thank you. Warm and inviting. I felt inclined to respond, but I was too caught off guard. Luckily, he kept the baton and ranted about how annoying the door was, and he was right. Similar to a faulty credit card reader, it takes a couple key swipes to actually open up. If I had to guess, I would guess that we met at a party. It was held at an older house, originally wrecked in the 1910s, but then a city-ordered renovation came around 1980. The house itself was packed, and so packed that I needed to catch some air outside. And that's where I found him. Leaning against the porch fence, he was talking shop with a couple other party members. Chain-smoking parliament cigarettes, only to occasionally hawk a loogie or two into the bushes behind him. I couldn't believe his audacity to hawk a full loogie in front of me. It was disgusting. Was he sick? Did he have allergies? But the confidence, though. I felt a quiver in my lower midsection. The sex was uneventful. There was little no foreplay, unexchanged oral pleasure, and then premature ejaculation. The grand finale was only upstaged by what sounded like fake snoring. I didn't sleep well that night. Lately, I've been thinking a lot to myself, and I feel like I might actually be living out a millennial dream. Living in a studio apartment, all by myself. A couple succulents here, a couple succulents there, maybe some posters, tasteful posters. And I think that's that. But with millennials... I often associate it constantly being on the iPhone, Instagram, Twitter, any dating app, head down, not actually engaging with people. And I think it's because of this, I find each interaction very interesting. Because as awkward as it was, as uncomfortable as it was, the breaks and silences, the deep breaths, telling stories beyond that of just walking past someone, no one resulted to their phone. Not once using it as a crutch not once using it to bypass that short period of time that apparently is remarkably dreadful for everyone else. I appreciated that. Don't see it that often. 